Welcome to another episode of Pat the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. We're here today coming at you with the NFL footballs. Week one through four. Just a reminder of our teams. I'm a Cowboys fan. Bruce is a Browns fan. NFL preseason in general, both teams had a lot of interesting expectations concerning them coming into the season. The Browns just looked really good. There was a lot of belief, I think, among both fans and non-fans that this might be the Browns' possible year. At least their year to go really deep into the playoffs. I mean, they could definitely make the AFC uh, championship game. Uh, Super Bowl might still be another year away, but they can definitely go further than they did last year. Yep. And then on the Cowboys side, you know, we had Dak Prescott coming off in the injured reserve. With this new leg, so there was a lot of question marks about how he looked, what he would do. They didn't play Prescott at all in the preseason. And in general, the second and third team of the Cowboys looked pretty bad <laughs> in the preseason. I don't remember how the Browns looked. They looked fine. I mean, the funny part about preseason now is it's almost pointless at this point. If you're a good team, you don't play any of your big players because you don't want them to get hurt. Added to that is that there's now one less preseason game. Before there was four, now there's only three with uh, that fourth game basically becoming an off week. So now at the end of preseason, there's two weeks before the first official game of the season. And uh, I went to one of the games. It was fun. You got to see the second, third string teams play a lot. It was fine. You just didn't get a whole lot out of it. Okay. So week one. Week one, kind of the opener of football season, was Tampa Bay and the Cowboys in Jerry's World, the AT&T Field in, in Arlington, to the first crowd that, you know, full, at least full selling tickets. I don't remember if it was sold out or not, but at least they tried to sell all the tickets. But a full crowd, first time since COVID hit. It was a good game, like flat out. It was one one hell of a game, as they say. The Cowboys showed up. Tampa Bay showed up. Tom Brady proved why he's still an amazing quarterback. (laughs) But Prescott showed up. Zeke showed up. And the most amazing thing of all was the defense showed up. We managed to put several stops to Tampa Bay. We managed to look like a defense that could actually play ball, which is not something that the defense had really done I think we were the worst or possibly second worst, but I think we were the Cowboys' defense was the worst defense coming out of last season. And basically they just made a lot of changes over the course of the offseason. And most of our draft picks were defensive players. And seems like that paid off. (laughs) Close game pretty much all the way down, all the way at the end, I think. Final score, Buccaneers 31, Cowboys 29. It came down literally to the very end. Buccaneers got the very last possession. They ran the clock down. Brady literally threw the ball away like four times in a row. Or not in a row, obviously, because you couldn't do that. But like <laughs> three times, he, he literally they'd hike the ball. He'd waste as much time, and then he would throw it you know, out of bounds. And that's he did that three times in a row down to two seconds left on the clock. They kicked the field goal. They won the game. And that was it. 
31-29 for us. And I think uh, Jerry Jones even said, you know, it was a moral victory, right? Being, being able to play the Super Bowl, the the last Super Bowl champions and only losing by two points. <laughs> I like that it's Jerry Jones that said that, that it wasn't the coach saying that. <laughs> right. Well, Jerry Jones, owner slash general manager, rolling my eyes. Slash head coach, I guess, at this point. <laughs> it kind of seems like he's letting Mike McCarthy actually coach, which is both surprising and impressive <laughs> and, and kind of really nice. He's letting the coaches coach which is just phenomenal for all of us because with Garrett, he was basically coaching and um, he's not a good coach. So thankful that that is over, (laughs) so to speak. So that was Cowboys week one. Browns week one had a rematch of their, I guess you'd call it the divisional game from last year, AFC divisional game against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And honestly, it was almost like a replay. It was a close game. It was a game that honestly, the Browns could have and probably should have won. The difference being is that both teams had all of their biggest players on the field, including Patrick Mahomes throughout the whole game. What it typically comes down to for the Browns at this point, which is turnovers, you know, I believe that was the one game that Baker Mayfield threw two interceptions. There was a fumble in that game. Just one of those fluke things where the running back was, I think it was Hunt, was making a play and Kansas City Chiefs defensive player just hits the ball perfectly out of his hands and it just comes out. It was just one of those games where, again, you, you, you look at the Browns and you go, you should have won. You got to get better. But, you know, you're thankful that it was done week one because that's probably going to be the hardest game that you had all season in the regular season at any rate. Yeah. I mean, for both teams, it started with like one of the most difficult games you're going to have. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, and I thought that was kind of interesting on both sides. Uh, for both teams. But, I mean, we looked good. Uh, Baker Mayfield was was good in that game. Uh, 21 for 28, 321 yards, but he only threw one interception. And like I said, they, they looked good. It was really encouraging. Good. It's funny. I'm looking at some of the statistics from that week one, and they had the win probability, like, uh, tracker. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of the game, the score was 29-20. And the Browns had like an 86% chance win probability. Mm-hmm. And then it just drops. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like it's like a stock market crash. I mean, it was just unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it was a good game. So uh, moving on to week two. So week two, the Cowboys played the Chargers. This was in L.A. This was in the new stadium in L.A., which uh, it's a pretty beautiful stadium, I got to admit. SoFi Field. Yeah, SoFi Field. It was a close game, and it was a very defensive game. In the ending score ended up being 20-17. to 17. It was really close pretty much the whole game, mostly defense. It's a testament to how far Dallas's defense has come since last year, I, that they were able to hold the Chargers to 17 points. The Chargers look fairly good on offense. You know, Cowboys look fairly good on offense, or the Chargers look fairly good on defense. There were more stalls, I would say, on the offensive side of the ball. They weren't able to get the running game going, really, and so it was mostly passing. And Prescott's never been, like, the most amazing passer of all time. <laughs> he's not bad. One of the things we've noted, though, since he's started again, sometimes when people 
get injured and get an ankle injury, they come back and they don't, they're not the same kind of quarterback that they were. That is not so far the same deal with Prescott. Prescott appears to be better, to be honest. He can still run the ball. He can still throw the ball. He's not floating him like guys typically do when they, after they've broken a leg, an ankle or a leg. So I've been pretty impressed with him coming back. That's sort of my, my take on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Real close game. We weren't really sure who was going to win that. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't real sure. It's kind of funny because it's, it's like uh, the Browns week two against the Houston Texans. Um, Houston, at this point, there's not a whole lot of expectations. I mean, their star quarterback doesn't want to play for him. He's already in legal trouble, and he says he's not playing for him. You know, like he's just outright not going to play for him. So they're going to their backups. And I think even in this one, they had to go to their third string guy eventually. So this was a game that really the Browns should have dominated. This is their first home game of the season. Again, it was just a little bit back and forth. The defense did pretty decent. You were starting to see the signs that that they were starting to come together, but that they still needed work. And then we went to our running game, which has always been fantastic. Let's see, what did Baker Mayfield do? 19 for 21, 213 yards and one touchdown. Oh, and he also threw an interception. Okay. So in this one, this is the one lone case where he had an interception, but didn't lose the game. That's because they had the same amount of turnovers as, as the other team as Houston. So it's one of those things with the Browns. As long as they don't lose the turnover battle, they don't lose the game. There's definitely some questions, but then again, their star wide receiver wasn't in this game. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., And one of their offensive tackles has been hurt. That's been putting a lot of pressure on the offensive line. They've been getting through and getting to Baker Mayfield this year a little bit more than before. But they got the the victory. It wasn't the sound victory they were looking for, but it was still pretty solid. 31-21. So still a two-score win. Kind of at this point, it's it's just been how it's been going. Like they keep saying, just good teams find ways to win, and that's just how that game went. They just found a way to win. I think week three. Let's see, the Cowboys didn't play till Monday night, so maybe do week three Browns first. Okay, week three was against the Bears again at home. This was for some reason. Some people thought that the Bears might actually do pretty okay because it was going to be. Um, Justin Fields' first quarterback start. Justin Fields being a first-round NFL draftee this year from uh, Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. You know, this is, you know, and he's coming to Cleveland for his first start. So close to Ohio State. You know, he's from Ohio, this, that, and the other thing. You know, this is going to be probably a tougher game than, you know, most people would think. But it, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a good-looking game. For the Browns, typically, you know, if like when you watched it all the way through, it wasn't the solid win you were you were expecting. But again, Baker Mayfield, 19 for 31, 246 yards and a touchdown. The running game again has been fantastic. And and actually surprisingly, last year Nick Chubb was like the star running back. It seems like this year it's been Kareem Hunt. I think what you're seeing there is a lot of people expecting Nick Chubb to do these great big runs. So they're when Nick Chubb's on the field. The defense is focusing on him, but when Kareem Hunt comes on, they're they're a little less concerned. So now you got this one-two running game, which is what's been helping Baker Mayfield a lot. This was Odell Beckham Jr.'s first game back since last year, week six or seven. 
Baker Mayfield found Odell Beckham Jr. five times for 77 yards. So a lot of that narrative there was kind of taken away. A lot of people were wondering if Baker and Odell Beckham Jr. could had any sort of chemistry because last year it just wasn't looking good. Anytime Baker Mayfield tried to throw to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. It just didn't seem to connect that there wasn't much of a connection there between the two of them. Yeah. And it was like miscommunication or just things just weren't panning out correctly. Mm-hmm. The score was 26, six. I can tell you, I have been watching it from start to finish. I just thought that the Browns could have been a couple of bad plays away from uh, the game being a lot closer than it was. This was absolutely a game for the Browns defense to shine because the Browns defense had a combined nine sacks of Justin Fields. Wow. Nine. That's rough. Four and a half of them are credited to Miles Garrett. Wow. In one game, Miles Garrett set the franchise record for most sacks in a single game at four and a half. That's dang impressive. And what I was most impressed with is like after this game that the Bears coach wasn't fired because a lot of people were saying that he should be. Matt Nagy, the, the head coach for the Chicago Bears, should have been fired for allowing his star quarterback to get sacked nine times. Yeah, good golly. <laughs> You're just asking for an injury. injury. Right. <laughs> it's honestly more of a miracle that he didn't get injured. This was definitely a game where the defense really shined because we held the Chicago Bears to a total of because it was seriously a really low number because Justin Fields only threw for 68 yards himself. Wow. (laughs) Six for 20 and 68 yards. That's rough. (laughs) And a grand total of rushing yards of 13 rushing yards. So 81 total offensive yards. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. So uh, this was a decisive victory for the Browns again at home. So there's was, was a good crowd for that. Yeah, we were looking ahead to this week's game, which we'll get to here in a minute. Yeah, so the Eagles played on Monday night. Or sorry, the Cowboys. Well, Cowboys played the Eagles on Monday night football. It was a big game. Uh, you know, the Eagles, Cowboys, the NFC least. There's a big rivalry there. And there was a lot of questions about, okay, you know, we looked decent against the Chargers, but how good are the Chargers? We looked good against the Buccaneers. How good are the Buccaneers? They're pretty good. So we could possibly be pretty good. You know, this is sort of the, are, are we going to be at least good in our portion of the league so that we can get to our playoff berthing? And yeah, we looked really good. <laughs> this was This was quite possibly the best Cowboy game I've ever watched since I became a real fan who watches, you know, a lot. This was enjoyable from beginning to end. Everybody played well. Pollard was amazing. Elliot was amazing. CeeDee Lamb didn't drop the ball at terrible moments. The tight end made some great plays. Dak Prescott made some great plays. Everybody, everybody on the team. And the defense, you know, the defense was fantastic too. They didn't, they gave up 21 points, which honestly is pretty good from their perspective and they just kept the the Eagles from really utilizing their new quarterback uh, Jalen Hurts who was also a draftee basically they ran over the Eagles the ending score was 41-21 and it was just a lot of fun to watch all all around <laughs> you know <laughs> it's real hard for me to like pinpoint exact 
like best moments during the game just because the game was just so overall enjoyable. Like <laughs> it's hard for me to say, yeah, that was the best or this was it because it, it just was, it was all the best. It was all great. <laughs> that was week three going into week four, both the Cowboys and the Browns played at the same time. So it was both the uh, noon central <laughs> 1 PM Eastern Cowboys played the Panthers at home. So far, the only away game they've had is against the Chargers. So it's been four home games so far and one away game. So I assume we're going to go on the road. Panthers are not in in our division, but it was still a a good game to kind of test ourselves. Early in the game, we kind of looked like we were struggling. It was a pretty close game. I would say after halftime, the defense really started putting it on the Panthers pretty hard. And they weren't letting the Panthers do much of anything. And then after that, the Cowboys offense sort of came alive as well. I think we got three touchdowns ahead of them. And then, you know, there was a little bit of steam let up in the fourth quarter and, and uh, the Panthers ended up coming down and, and scoring some points. So the final score looks like 36, 28. So it doesn't look like it was that different of a score, but the reality is the Cowboys were in control of almost the entire game, especially after about the second quarter. So it was a, it was a fun game to watch. It was fun watching Zeke and Pollard were pretty much able to just run over the Panthers defense. Uh, Zeke even had like a 40 some odd yard run, which was great to see because I mean, let's, let's be honest. The last two years, Zeke has underperformed <laughs> versus his, his contract his ridiculously contracted rate. And this was not an underperformance. He's he's kind of finally putting numbers on the board. Pollard's always been a good weapon, too. I think unlike Zeke, they don't necessarily guard Pollard as much because he's not the big name running back. And so whenever Zeke's on the field, I think there's there's more attention to him. So Pollard's maybe able to make more plays because of that. But both of them are fantastic offensive weapons. And we ran the ball a lot. (laughs) There was a lot less Prescott throws and a lot more running, but Prescott also did a fine job as a uh, as quarterback. So another enjoyable game, not as good as the Cowboys-Eagles. The Cowboys are currently 4-0 in season, which is wow. amazing. That's as many games as they won last year <laughs> total. So as long as we win one more game. Yeah. <laughs> so they're already ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. That's a little shocking. Yeah, so the Browns go on the the road for the first time since week one. They go to Minnesota to take on the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So this week was a, is a week in the NFL, and that's the current week that we're recording this, of storylines. How sports writers would like to put more into these games than really what there should be. And in this case for the Browns, it was a story for their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. What I find funny is like if you watch Kevin Stefanski's press conferences and his interviews and whatnot, he's definitely just a completely even keeled guy. Not much makes him get excited or animated or anything. He's just very even keel with the players, with the press, whatever. Before last year, Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, and he'd been a coach in various capacities on the offense for about 11 years before he came to the Browns. So there was some good history there. The sports writers wanted to make a story out of him coming back to Minnesota and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I didn't care about the story much, (laughs) not being a Vikings fan. I mean, I I like Kevin Stefanski, but it's not like I'm going to treat him like a football star or anything. 
it was just one of the things like i know he doesn't care about it so if he doesn't care then i don't care because <laughs> he cares about them winning like i do and that's that's it that's all there was to it and we'll get to the other story a little bit later so the rounds come in to a vikings team that they actually been doing they were a, a few plays away from being undefeated in two games but they came into this one and two but their defense looked really good their quarterback Kirk Cousins who's been in the NFL for quite some time actually was looking pretty decent so this was seen as probably their first big test since week one as to how they would do with competition it was a bit of a, a challenge right out the gate. The Vikings get the ball first and they charge right down the field to a pretty solid touchdown. So I was a little concerned at first, especially after the response was that the Browns get it downfield, get it in the red zone and turn it over on fourth down and with a Baker Mayfield sack for 11 yard loss. So yeah, you kind of thinking to yourself, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, the running game looked good, uh, but the defense looked really good for yet the second week in a row. I mean, just aggressive and big and tough and they got after Kirk Cousins, man. They, they made him know that he was there. Defense looked really good, but uh, the worrisome part was was Baker Mayfield because other than a run game, they really really wasn't much of a passing game. When he tried to throw downfield, he almost always overthrew or threw behind the receiver. I mean, there weren't anything close to interceptions, but it's a little more shocking that there wasn't an interception, at least not against Baker Mayfield. There was one against the Vikings uh, towards the end of the game. It was a real low scoring game for one. 14 to seven was the final score. The touchdown was probably one of the more bizarre things that probably happened this week. They were getting ready to kick the point after touchdown when one of the defensive players for the Vikings called a timeout that the Vikings didn't have. This was in the first half. Hmm. So that meant penalty yardage that brought the ball on the one yard line. So the Browns went from kicking a field goal to trying a two point conversion and they got it off a pass to Andy Janovich. One of the few scoring passes that Baker Mayfield threw. And that was actually the only touchdown that they made of the night. The the rest came off of 48 yard and a 53 yard uh, field goal. Yeah, this was a little bit more worrisome on the offensive side of the ball than, say, the defense. Defense looked really good for the second straight week. So uh, things are kind of looking up. Uh, The Browns are going to head over to L.A. next week for a late afternoon game against the Chargers. So what I take away from this week is that the Browns are capable of doing what all good NFL teams should do, which is find a way to win when they're not at their best to keep it the game within within reason, to keep it managed, and to be able to win. Ultimately, that's what ends up being the thing that separates, you know, good teams from bad teams is, is finding a way to win. Because when, you, when you're at this level of competition, I mean, it's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, unlike college football, which has been kind of a downhill slide, yeah. <laughs> at least Ray and M, NFL has been, you know, sort of an uphill kind of a thing. So it's it's been nice. It's been very nice. <laughs> it's been sort of like I feel good on Sunday after the terribleness on Saturday. So, <laughs> yeah, both the Cowboys and the Browns playing generally pretty well. Yeah. If they keep playing like they are, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if they are both end up playing in the playoffs. We know they can get to the playoffs and they should go deep. But right now, the question is, is can they win the division? Because if they can win the division, that'll be almost as big as them winning the AFC conference. Both teams are looking pretty good compared to last year. <laughs> 
one of the other stories I wanted to talk about was um, Tom Brady. This week, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. It'll be Tom Brady's first return to Foxborough since he left them last year and went to play in Tampa Bay last year. People made it out to be a big story, again, because they didn't really have a whole lot to write about. They were trying to create this big story. I didn't think it was a big story because everyone's like, oh, you should watch this game. It's going to be great. It's Tampa Bay with a really good quarterback, Tom Brady, versus the New England Patriots who have nobody. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Patriots, they're not striking fear in anybody's heart like they used to. <laughs> right. I understand Bill Belichick still the coach, but no one's talking about him like he's the great quarterback whisperer. And no one, we're, this is week four, and nobody's been talking about, about the Patriots, really, other than, um, is it Mac Wilson? That's the quarterback now for the Patriots. I don't know. I'm literally watching the game now, and I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're saying he's okay, but he, you know, he's not great, and that's because you know he doesn't have a team around him. So, I mean, it's just one of those things I kind of just shake my head at because it's just like it's a non-story. Sure, for for Pats fans, you know, they're like, please come back, you know. But I mean, for everybody else, it's like, well, Tampa Bay should be beating the crap out of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, like you said, as we're recording this, the game's on. It's only three nothing at the end of the first. I mean, you know, shame on you, Tampa. It should be it should be more than that. <laughs> However, I will say that Tom Brady has become the new all-time leading NFL passer. He now holds the the record in passing yards by a uh, NFL quarterback passing Drew Brees. It's just one more notch in in Tom Brady's uh, belt. Yep, because he needed more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just just go away already. Come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's just going to try and establish himself as the greatest of all time as hard as he possibly can. He's going to keep going until he runs out of children to suck the life out of to be that good. (laughs) (laughs) We're going with the the, uh, Disney (laughs) version of the story here. However, I will say that we missed talking about it must have been week three towards the end of the the browns and bears game that the ravens and the detroit lions game came down to a field goal at the end of the game by the ravens and i mentioned this because the field goal was 66 yards wow it's an all-time nfl record the kicker was kicking from his own 44 yard line. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a way to win, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is one hell of a way to win. Good golly, 66 yards. That is nuts. Oh, yeah, and we haven't talked about just how terrible the Pittsburgh Steelers have been. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's been awful. <laughs> yep, it's been good for everybody, I think, really. Other than their week one victory against the, the Buffalo Bills. The funny part about week one is, is that you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's everyone's first real game, you know, full contact with all your best players, this, that, and the other thing. And the Pittsburgh Steelers did win that game handedly, and nobody thought that they would. Congratulations, but... Ben Roethlisberger has been looking like crap all year. Yeah. <laughs> getting sacked, getting interceptions. I mean, it has just been bad. <laughs> yeah, there's really no other way to put it. He he has been looking like crap all year. 
There is no other way to put that. <laughs> this very much is shaping up to look like Big Ben's retirement tour. Which is funny because it's not like they're talking about anybody else to replace him. They they took uh, Dwayne Haskins from uh, the Washington football team, but nobody's been talking about him either. So it's kind of you just like, who would they go to if uh, Big Ben got hurt? It's <laughs> a good point. They don't really have a good backup. This season, Ben Roethlisberger has thrown for 800. He's gotten 800 yards. He's thrown three touchdowns and three interceptions. His current quarterback rating is 36.8. If you don't know what that is, just think of it almost like a credit card score, except I think the max is like, what, 120, 130? Yeah. It's usually if you're like around 90 to 100, you're seen as a good quarterback. His is 36.8. Yeah, this is very much, very much turning into... Big Ben's retirement, which, you know, that's kind of what we saw following the Cleveland Browns game at the end of last year. Right. That's just what it looked like. It looked like Ben was kind of done. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sitting on the sidelines. Maybe he was crying. Maybe he wasn't. He was crying. He was crying. He was crying. <laughs> Whether or not he was, he was crying. <laughs> if you want to say he wasn't, come at me. Okay, listeners. <laughs> You can comment me all day long because I'm just going to keep saying it. he was crying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that'll pro- that'll put the uh, the Steelers into, you know, the dreaded rebuilding years. And, you know, we'll see how long it takes for them to come back. You know, I think most of us hope never, but. <laughs> <laughs> maybe us being, uh, being D-bags. Maybe not. I don't know. Either way. <laughs> Yeah, so next week, Browns hit to L.A. for the Chargers. will be another tough game. So on the road against a tough team. Hopefully the offense can get their situation settled. Because we're, we're coming down to an interesting stretch. The Browns' next three games are uh, Chargers in L.A. And then they come home against the Cardinals, home against the Broncos, and then at home against... Uh, Steelers, their first game against the Steelers for Halloween. Yeah. The next game we got is the Giants. So we got Giants, Patriots, Vikings. So the Giants is within, you know, our the NFC least. They just beat the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. They just beat the Saints, who, you know, they're in a rebuilding year after losing their longtime awesome quarterback, Drew Brees, who retired at the end of last year. I don't think the Giants are as big of a pushover as they were last year. So I, I think it's probably going to be a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be hopeful or optimistic too much <laughs> because it's Dallas. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'll just say Dallas has been making the fall of Texas A&M way more uh, palatable because at least the Cowboys <laughs> are doing okay. And I think that's about all I've got for NFL. Yep. It's been a good season and, and uh, still a little surprising. Some of the teams that have come up and down, but um, not as crazy as college. Yeah, definitely not as crazy as college. We appreciate everybody uh, listening to us. We appreciate your patronage. If you're a patron, we appreciate you helping us pay our our editor. Uh, If you're not a patron, we would ask that you consider becoming a patron. Or head over to the website, click on the patron button, and support us via Patreon. There is exclusive content for patrons. We do uh, reviews of stuff. You know, typically our movie reviews are pretty in-depth. We do reviews of more current stuff in a less in-depth format. And so, and we'll slowly be releasing that out here, but you'll get early access and and exclusive access to some content that we don't release otherwise. So 
And really the big draw for being a Patreon for you and for us is that it turns the the whole podcasting process for, for all of us into a, a, a almost net zero thing where all the money is going to paying for the wonderful editing that's done. And if we get more than what we need for that editing, we'd like to turn that money into promotionals for you. So you all can get something as, as well as the content, you can actually physically get something from us for your patronage. Yep. That's one of our big goals over time. Plenty of hopes or thoughts or, or whatnot down the line. So appreciate your help and uh, appreciate you listening to us. I'm Pat. I'm the fat man. Stay classy. Go Browns. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Bark, bark. (laughs) 